Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. I am joined by another Patrick, not the Patrick that you expect, not Patrick Laird. <laughs> I'm joined by my buddy, Roto Pat from Roto World. Uh, he's, he's coming on. We're going to do our, our Friday pick show. Uh, Reeves, Reeves didn't hit me back, of course. So, uh, actually, I, that's not even true. I, uh, I didn't message him this week. I gave, I, gave our, I gave Lord Reeves the week off. Pat, we, uh, we're going to make some picks, man. We are, and, and capping off the biggest week in the history of the pod, I'd say, um, with the <sighs> second most important pad of the week. So, so blessed, man. We are, we are so blessed to have gotten an hour and a half of Patrick Laird content. Does he know that you're starting him in one of your most important leagues this week? Because I just saw you're starting him in the Roto World Deathmatch League. Dude, I'm, I'm starting him in, I, I have a, a dynasty league playoff against Jeff Collins in this league that like Matthew Barry and Silva, like this is like a, a league that like has like, it probably has its own Twitter account somewhere. And uh, <laughs> I traded a future a 2023 and a 2021 fourth round rookie pick for Patrick Laird this week, just so I could start him in this dynasty league playoff against, against Jeff Collins. Hey, you're putting, you know, this is He's just, he's the Laird and savior. There's really no other way. No need to gussy it up. There's really nothing else to say. Um, most important player of the season and the most important person in the history of your podcast. Easily, easily true. So uh, for those of you, if you're listening to this for the first time, format of the show is pretty simple. We kind of just tail the, uh, like the super contest picks format. We each are going to give five of our most favorite selections against the spread going from our least confident to our most confident. And uh, I, I got to be honest, I'm very glad that we did not do this show last week for Thanksgiving because I got demolished last week <laughs> i i'm in the uh, i'm in the the fantasy pros sports betting accuracy challenge and i was doing pretty well this year i was kind of hovering around like 20th or whatever and uh i i i i dead ass i lost like 15 picks last week <laughs> like i like it just got crushed so very much looking forward to uh to getting back on the horse and pat uh you're you're the guest so i'm gonna let you go first with your your fifth selection well, my, I was going to say, for the record, my number one selection for the week would have been the Bears covering. Um, that would have been my That's number one. It's very interesting because I bet Dallas because I'm a stupid fish. <laughs> 
I thought I thought they had gotten full Mike McCarthy uh, with Jason Garrett, so I was like, the Bears are going to win. Uh, but you know, the Bears like the most problematic team I have in picks, though, like in my picks pool. So I was yeah. fully expecting the Bears to screw me, but they actually did come through for once. Um, starting with least confident, um, you know, I've got the Dolphins as five point five dogs, but I think they'll cover. Uh, the Jets last week were as bad as any team I have seen basically all season. Uh, their offensive line was probably the worst unit like I've seen of any like unit. Right. They let I me mean, Carlos Dunlap still okay, but they let like Carlos Dunlap like take over the game. Um, I'm assuming they'll probably find a way to win at home. I'm not going to pick the Dolphins to win outright, but I think the Dolphins. I'm not like this is my least confident. But I think the Dolphins will find a way to cover 5.5. I mean, who's betting on the Jets right now? Like, <laughs> like, like who is – like, the Jets The Jets were one of my picks last week, and I knew it was wrong about three seconds into the game. I was like, oh, they're clearly – they're not They're not winning this game. They're not covering this game. It's – people – people. I guess the fact that they blew out, like, the Raiders, like, that was – that. I guess that was the step that they needed. But, yeah, the Jets, uh, they're, they're just not – they're just not a, a good football team. So, I, I am uh, – I'm very much on board with you there. Though, I, it, it is sad because – Every time you pick against Darnold, you feel like the Barkley truthers are like winning a little bit, and like that's painful. <laughs> so like I, I I don't I don't super love that. Gettleman uh, knew what my, he was doing. We just have to admit it. Yeah, um, yeah. Gettleman. I mean, Gettleman knew. Yeah, Gettleman get knew. Gettle right. Hashtag Gettle right. He just knows. He knows more. That's why he's. That's why you and I are blogging and podcasting. That's why. Yeah. That's why. That's why we're spending our Fridays podcasting yes. instead of grinding uh, Joe Burrow tape. <laughs> Uh, okay, so my number five selection, dude. It's so this is this is one of the worst I've ever felt about about putting in a pick. But Cincinnati plus eight and a half points against the Browns. What have the Browns done to show that they should be favored by a touchdown over anyone? Like what? Like them against like Canisius College from upstate New York right now. I don't know if I would take. I don't know if I'd take ten points. I mean, they suck at every phase of the game. Like Baker, Baker looks like uh, like the Texas Tech version of Baker, not even the OU <laughs> version of him. And, and you know their their best offensive player, it's it's really been Kareem Hunt. Like he's been the only guy who seems to be do well. And Landry, I guess, but Baker can't. Yeah, get Jarv. Him. Every week, revenge the world tour, revenge tour. Every week is Dolphins week for Jarvis Landry. Apparently now. Um, yeah, but it's just it's crazy, and and. I think somehow the Browns are still like a public team, despite how bad they've been. Because like, what they got ten points against Miami too, and they, they, did. they did cover. They did cover that one, but I was like, what ten points? Ten points for Freddie Kitchens? Not a chance. No way. Damn, I forgot that they covered against the Jets. Now I'm kind of more nervous about it. Uh... It was. It was kind of. It was like kind <laughs> no. of like a weird. It was like a weird cover though. Like I think I actually think it was like Kareem. I'm gonna go look, but I'm pretty sure Kareem Hunt just like went ham in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was just going to say, anytime you can take a team that's been basically horrible on offense all year and is now without its best player on defense for the rest of the season, you have to give them seven and a half points. So uh, I completely agree with you that I uh, do not understand the line in the Browns-Bengals uh, game. Okay, so I'm trying to I'm trying to look, and, and basically what happened was uh, just like some, some, some very – some vintage garbage time from the Cleveland Browns. So that's, that's – uh, yeah, that – I, I don't feel bad about this one. I don't feel like, and, and, and you know what they, uh, the Bengals have like pretty much locked up burrow now because the, the giants have, the giants have two wins 
and I believe they get to play against Miami. I believe that their Miami game has not happened yet. Miami has three wins. Washington has three wins. So they're, they're not sweating. They could win this game outright, and it's fine. Yeah, they executed the tank to, like, perfection because they have a two-game lead. Uh, they have plausible deniability. You know, they put the starter back in in week 13. Yeah, they, they tried Finley out. They said, well, we got to evaluate, and we got to know what we have. But then they put, they put Dalton back in. Like, we just want to win, folks. We're not trying to tank. We actually want to compete. So they have plausible yeah. deniability. They still have the two-game lead. Uh, like, this is going to be how you draw it up, basically. All right, so uh, your number four pick, who do we have? I mean, I have a, how, how are the Texans – the Texans, I have them as nine-point favorites. Like, how are the Texans not going to cover that, basically, is my question. Yeah, at I mean, they, they just blew out the New England Patriots. Uh, like, like, at home against Drew Locke, like – the, you're the you're like a you're like a noted like you don't I don't know if you can be honest with yourself about Drew Locke though. No, I can't. See, right now I can be overly honest because like Drew Locke playing from behind on the road in his second NFL start, like that is like he's like he might not just have like two or three interceptions. He might have, dude. Like, he four. yeah. That's the that's the thing about <laughs> him is he is like when he gets down, he just like. I mean, I guess you'd rather – he's got the Daniel Jones thing going where he's like, he's going down swinging no yes. matter what happens. And he could be like a GOAT front runner, but like Drew Locke from behind on the road, like this is going to be like a total disaster. And I, in his second career start, I just don't see – I don't see any plausible way the Texans do not cover nine points. I probably should have put that number one. I've seen two – I actually am still kind of hopeful for Drew Locke's NFL career. But like if I was like creating a bad Drew Locke setup like in the lab – for his second career start. It would be it would be on the road against a team that can be up 14-0 yeah. after one quarter. Trying to match points with Deshaun Watson on the road. Like it's just going to be a bloodbath, I think. So, very confident the Texans will cover. All right, this is again another another disgusting one. A, a team in which I have zero faith, but it's more about hating the other team more. The Los Angeles Chargers minus 3 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Betting on the Chargers as a road favorite, it's just like well, it's like the like you. This like is like the number one thing. Yeah, they just they, they tell you at sports betting school like never do this. This is just <laughs> horrible. I mean, we know but, Philip Rivers is probably betting against uh, the Chargers this week. You know, like the yeah. Well, shape. what if what if this is the week where he finally he's like, oh, actually, I think we can just win this game. So like he just takes he just takes the three points. I mean, the the Jaguars are bad, dude, and it doesn't. I mean, they're worse when Foles is in there. But I, they are they are a worse team than the Los Angeles Chargers, and and they were one of those teams that was built on the theory of like having a good defense, and uh, and then it turns out if the defense goes from being elite to just okay, and the offense doesn't get any better, like what are you gonna do? Yeah, and the defense was like just okay before they traded Jalen Ramsey. So, like, if this is one of my games, should I wait? Or should I just like hop? No, no, do your do your thing right now. Yeah. Because yeah, this was my number one for the week, actually. Okay. Wow. Like like, All right. I feel like there's how, how are the Jaguars not gonna win this game outright? Like like giving Phillip Rivers three points on the road. Like I just this game is like the biggest ever Thursday night Cowboys energy. Yes. Like, yeah. I just don't see I mean I, I, I'm using way too uh like strong a language, but I just you cannot Phillip Rivers on the road. I just at this point, this season, you know he we got like last week, you know, we got the camera zooming in on Tyrod Taylor on the sideline, you know, like that's where the, yeah, how does, at. how does Tyrod not get in that game? Honestly. I actually have no idea, but like that's where the charges at at this point is where the camera zooming in on the backup quarterback on the sideline. Like that's when your season like is over. And yeah, the jet, I just, this game has like the biggest Thursday night Cowboys energy to me. 
And just the idea of the Chargers being a road favorite is so offensive to me that I have to say the Jags. It, I just I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my selection. I've already submitted this pick, but I don't feel good about it now. I feel worse than I did picking it before. But it, it's just it's so hard for me to think of a chart like a like a Jaguars team that I mean. These last three games have been like some of the biggest whelping around ever, but maybe, <laughs> maybe it's just been Foles though. Like maybe now that they have the Gardner Minshew energy back, uh, maybe things will be different. Yeah, I mean, the Foles. Maybe Minshew is like kind of like a Foles, where Foles, you know, would like come in as like the spark plug. He didn't this time, but maybe Minshew is like, or he's like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like he, you put him in as the starter, you know, like the energy bars at a hundred, and then it slowly gets depleted over the course of the following weeks. Like Gardner's like powered back up to a hundred right now, and yeah, he's he's gonna beat the Chargers at home. Like I, I just, it feels very irrational to me. Actually, just like I just actually am personally offended by Philip Rivers being a road favorite at this point. I wish I could. I wish I could say that you shouldn't be, but yeah, it just at this stage, uh, who who is the starting quarterback for the Chargers Week One next year? Oh man, I wish I could. I was gonna say Jared Goff. I have no idea why. Um, I, be... I really, I really would love if it was Easton Stick. <laughs> Easton Stick, that would be a good one. Uh, it's not gonna be Tyrod Taylor. It's it probably just will be Philip Rivers. The Chargers are the best at like spinning their wheels. At like uh, just, it'll probably just be Philip. Rivers. He'll, he'll get like a prove it deal. Or he'll do the total Chargers thing. He'll be super hot like three of the final four games of the season. They'll have like supposedly new momentum going into off season. Yeah, he'll get a two. He'll get a two year deal. People will start talking about him being a Hall of Famer again, and then we'll like go through the same process next year. Yeah. All right, man. What is your uh, what is your number three selection? I feel like I don't know why I put some of these games ahead of the Texans. Uh, the Texans probably should have been my number one, but I have the Saints. We're, we're not a big stickler for the order. <laughs> I have Saints. It's two and a half point favorites at home. I just the way the 49ers Yeah, been like, this, this was my number one. Yeah. Like the way the 49ers are trying to hide Jimmy Garoppolo, like the way he's been playing, like the way you can see with his own our own eyes, him playing. Uh from you know, stealing a stat from Mr. Evan Silva. Uh the Saints have permitted just one top ten QB one finish since week three. Like I just don't see how the 49ers are gonna score points. Like they have don't have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo right now. They don't have their backfield. Uh, like, you know, they don't have, like, their backfield order in order right now. The offense is just kind of in chaos. Uh, the defense has been still good, but they've been patrioting a little bit as they finally are playing a real schedule, have allowed a few big days. Uh, I don't think it'll be, like, a good day for the Drew Brees. Whatever. I just – the Saints are going to win, and I feel like it's going to be by more than a field goal. I just don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can win this game on the road right now. I just – this should be, like, five and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that would be – could, it could be, like, a three- or four-point game. Like five and a half would be like a lot more reasonable. I yeah, it'd be agree. it'd be like the rave. It'd be like well, it would be like the Ravens line from last week, which like I think these games are very similar, except for I actually think it's easier for the Saints to um to just like get up like thirty, just because or like not thirty, but like ten. I know what you just mean. like yeah. you you get the you get the Alvin Kamara, you get the Alvin Kamara play, then you know stupid fat Jared Cook catches a touchdown. <laughs> And and that and uh, like Jimmy Josh takes, yeah, uh, Dante Pettis gets out on the field for some reason or whatever, and he fumbles a wide receiver screen, <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the same. Like, yeah, I, who's who's betting the 49ers on the road? Who's doing this? Yeah, I do not know. Like this, like Jimmy Garoppolo, they they've got him like in like the cousins. They they only want him like attempting like twenty passes a game, 
And like, you're not going to like out Saint the Saints in New Orleans. Like, right. I just don't. Yeah, they got to score points. Yeah, they're going to have to score points. And like the way the way their offense is like constituted right now, I just feel like Kyle Shannon doesn't think they're capable of that right now. So yeah, I just I, I, I'm a big believer in the Saints this week. So my number three is uh, this is an inexplicable line. Oh boy. I know. Oh, I, I thought you were saying inexplicable one. I was getting excited. Uh, then yeah. I just heard line. Yeah. Uh, so the Seattle Seahawks, even on the road, they should be favored by two and a half to three points over the Rams. Like, w- what are we doing? We, every time the Rams have faced a real team this year. They, they have just gotten – they've gotten boat raced. They have just gotten laughed out of the building against real teams this year. So, I, and I guess I guess the earlier Seahawks-Rams game was competitive. But, like, come on. Yeah, come on, like, It won't even be a road game. I mean, it's going to be – it's going to be like Seahawks fans taking over the Coliseum, too. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, the, you, you, the, the thing is with Goff, though, is everyone says that the road games are harder for him because he and McVay is, like, the, the headset connection or whatever. It's like – more difficult for them or like harder for them to communicate on the road. So that's been a reason that people have said the Rams have struggled on the road. Didn't, didn't impede them much last week against Arizona. Uh, But yeah, I just think even, even if Seattle is more like a, a nine and seven team than a 13 and three team, they're still better than the Rams. Yeah. And like they could lose, I guess. But the fact that they're not favorites, yeah, is ridiculous. Like this, they is could not... lose in a very weird game yeah. where, like, the Seahawks go like full galaxy brain and try and see if they can get Chris Carson and Rashad Penny both to twenty touches or something. Like, I guess that could happen. Well, they do. They go one way or another. They go full galaxy brain every game, so it'll probably yes. be like close. They should. They should have some points. Like, they should be favorites. Because like it's just this is not a pick'em. Like the Rams, like cannot be favored against an actual good team. Hey, I just, I just zero. I am a zero percent believer in the Los Angeles Rams. I think that in in tough spots, McVeigh and people people forget McVeigh is actually like a shadow coward. Like people think of him as like an aggressive coach. He's actually just he's about as cowardly as it gets in terms of going for it on fourth down and like not punting and stuff. Yeah, well, if he's got like Jared Goff, like stock. He's fine. He's like coaching like he has Jared Goff now, basically. Like before, like he he used to coach like you know he could like do anything. Like he thought like he basically thought he had like solved football. And this year, it's basically like he's coaching more like oh shit, like this actually is Jared Goff at quarterback. And yeah, he's like gone into a shell and like is kicking a million a million field goals and not going for it on fourth down. And yeah, he, you know, he was supposed to be like the chosen one, so it has been uh, very disconcerting. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got uh, he's got Trubisky syndrome now. He does, yeah, he, he really does. It's like Nagy with Trubisky. It's perfect, comp- uh, yeah. perfect comparison. All right, your uh, your number two selection. This one feels really ill fated and stupid now that I'm like actually gonna like make the case for it on a podcast. Uh, but I think the Chiefs are going to win outright. Cover, yeah, right? yeah, they yeah. they do. I mean, we just we've seen the Patriots get kicked like a sick dog against <laughs> the two good teams that they've played, uh, and and uh, I don't know, I don't know how much you follow the uh, the Boston sports scene. So I, I like I listen to all these Simmons podcasts, but now we have we have Palace intrigue with the Patriots. We're like Brady, like there's there's rumors that Brady wants out. Yeah, who is leaking this? I guess like it has to be his camp. Cause like those rumors like will not go away. So 
if I if I can just if I can third hand give a report from me listening to a podcast where right. two guys were yeah. talking about an article that they read. <laughs> there is a a Patriots beat reporter named Tom Curran who he's very basically good everyone everyone holds him in very high regard, right? Like he's mm-hmm. he's one of these guys who is is unlikely to be like a rumor monger. He's and not. what what Simmons and um, I believe. I believe it was Kevin Clark who was on the show. Uh, I, I don't, if I if I am attributing this wrong, I'm sorry. But they they were saying that uh, you know for years and years it's been people not named Tom Curran, like people who are kind of on the outside of the organization who've been reporting this uh, fracture between Brady and Belichick between the organization. But now it's Tom Curran that's reporting that Brady wants to get paid. You know he's sick of taking these sweetheart deals for the team. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, and there's still no resolution to this Jimmy G thing. Like, like no, how much do you think it tilts Belichick <laughs> that like, like Jimmy G's like 10 and two and might get, get the one seed. And all he got was a second round pick that they traded for Muhammad Sanu. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's, I forgot that that's the pick that turned into Sanu. That is like a fittingly depressing ending to that. And yeah, he's looking at Jimmy G and probably like, this is like all they can do with Jimmy G. Basically he's probably, yeah very sad um, yeah but anyways to bring this all back around did i they, they just don't have good players the, the the patriots biggest problem now uh if i if i'm again gonna quote more uh of bs report podcasts so they have they are number one in the league in roster spots that are occupied by players making less than two million dollars so what that what that means is dude they just they load up on on scrap heap guys like they they have uh, they have a million dudes who who are no good but just and they do they do coach them the hell up yeah and and but they are they are thirty first in um, players on like I I can't remember if it was thirty first in the NFL in cap space occupied by rookies or or what the exact number and but you don't even have to be you even have to look at the cap to go okay Sony Michelle they get nothing from him and Keel Harry he plays like eight snaps a game uh and was put like sent to hell last week uh yeah uh, they're 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 uh brand brady was bitching about it to the media about not being able to trust and so the 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 one he does trust is jacoby myers who's like this no just i mean he really is a perfect patriot in the sense that he's no good but he just (laughs) does his job brings the lunch pail um it's it's so interesting what you said about tom current because for years, like Tom Curran would like debunk the other stuff. Yes, he was that. Yeah. So that's what they were saying: is Curran is like the debunker. The debunk. Yeah, and now he he's in on Matt Brady might be out. That's ins- I still have a hard time believing it, but I do not have a hard time believing that that bad blood is like still simmering. Because uh, I believe I believe the Seth Wickersham legend, you know, that Belichick basically had ordered the code red and then got stopped by Robert Kraft. I do believe that. Wait, wait. I, I, so I read this article, obviously, but we're talking like, so I don't remember exactly. What was the, was, that, yeah. that Jimmy was going to start? Not that, so like before the trade deadline in 2017, like they weren't going to make Jimmy the starter, but basically it was that Belichick had decided after 2017 to move on. That it was going to be Jimmy and Kraft yeah. said. Yeah, and Kraft, well, Brady went to Kraft apparently to get Kraft to intervene. And that's the legend. And to me, it's very plausible. It makes like all it's the sense. Just, all, I believe it from all, I believe it from Brady. I believe it from Belichick and I believe it from Kraft. I believe it. I believe it from all parties. Yeah. Cause like that summer, summer 2010, I was so baffled all off season and summer. Why the Patriots had not traded Jimmy Garoppolo. 
because it basically made no sense unless they were going to keep him because they were going to have to either fran they the only way they could have traded yeah him they were going to have to pay him they were going to pay him like 18 million dollars a year to be their backup yeah they were going to have to either do that or franchise tag him and try to trade him which is like so diff- it just didn't make any sense and i was so baffled why they did not trade jimmy garoppolo so then like when i read the wickersham story like everything made sense then like of course they belichick wanted to keep him like that was the only really logical explanation so to me, it makes too much sense for that not to be what happened. So, no. so this is all a long way of us saying the Kansas City Chiefs just have better players. Maybe they don't have better. Maybe they don't have better coaches. Or maybe, maybe they're not as disciplined. Maybe they don't call plays as well. But they just like they just have better players than the Patriots. And like the real short of it, this for me, like you know, if the way to really be at the Chiefs, you know, is like go totally nuts on the ground. Which basically you're saying then is, is Sony Michelle? Yeah, oh, oh, oh! We're gonna we're gonna get Sony Michelle. Exactly. Like, I don't I don't buy it, dude. So the road to beating the Chiefs, yeah, does not go through Sony Michelle. So I just I think the I Chiefs, mean that's how they won last year, right? They I they know. they really did, right? And and uh, Sony, you know what? Sony, he's got like another. He picked up like another like lost some more cartilage or something since do, then. Do you, okay, so even knowing that they won the Super Bowl last year, do you think that if Belichick could go back in time, he'd take Lamar over Sony? Uh, yes, I do for sure. I, I, yeah, Brandon Bolden could have. Brandon Bolden could have just been, or I guess Bolden was on the Dolphins last year, so it would have been. Let's let's just go find out who the fourth string running back was on the Patriots last year. I don't even remember. As you said, Sony knee shell. Uh, your tweet was amazing. That was that was one of my. I think <laughs> that like, it didn't get enough action, but that was a very good tweet. It didn't I was just I was sad. That was a, that was. A, oh a my god! Tweet. Do you know? Do you know what would have happened? Tell me, dude. We could we could have gotten Corderell Patterson, the starting running back in the oh in God, the, the right. Super Bowl. I forget, dude. He would have had like a legendary. He would have gone like nuts, probably. He he like, led he led the Patriots running backs in uh, in yards per carry last year. That's like uh, man. I wish we had gotten more of that. That was that was too short lived. That insanity. Like I don't understand how eight, CP went eight. to yeah. <laughs> CP went to the Bears, and they they desperately need a running back. Because David Montgomery is garbage, and they they don't use him, man. It's very it's it sucks. Well, yeah, the David Montgomery uh, greater than some of his parts Kareem Hunt athlete story. That's not really panning out, is it? That was kind of the hope, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, I, it just yeah. Ever well, I mean, and it's hard to you can't extricate him from this Bears offense, which is just no. like. It's I mean, it's I guess it's been better. I guess Trubisky oh. has been playing better. I gotta say, even last night, you know, like you got. Who you got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman were acting like maybe it was like a breakthrough performance for Mitchell Trubisky. It's like even last night on the second and third passing touchdown drives, he like basically threw an interception both those drives that the Cowboys just didn't catch. So like even last night with like the good stats and the good performance, like Mitch like actually tried to sabotage it and he just like failed. And so like he got it, he like escaped like a really good night. But like even last night, Mitch tried to sabotage it. I didn't. I I don't listen with the audio because I can't like. So much of my life is dedicated to football that actually I very often don't watch the Thursday night and the Monday night games with audio on. But it it I I just well for my own intellectual curiosity, what was Aikman saying about Dak last night? Um, was, he, was he kind or was he was he hammering him? He wasn't hammering him, but he was he was noting inaccuracy. He wasn't like hammering him though. I can't I mean, remember really. Fine. Can't remember who he was really blaming it on. I can't remember his narr- his Cowboys narrative. Twenty four hours on, Jason Garrett still has a job. I, I was actually surprised. I was texting people last night that yeah, he actually is going to get fired. I mean, here's the thing: if he wasn't going to get fired after that Bills game, they were just going to keep him for till the end of the year. 
It's, it's so weird. They got the they got the double they got the double barreled Thursday opportunities to fire him and didn't take advantage of either one. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So that was your that was your that was also my game. That was all. Yeah. I I the the, the Chiefs are there. They. I just. I'm on. I'm on the. I'm on the Chiefs. I'm. I'm on good teams against the Patriots right now. And like, yes, their defense is great, but like their offense consists of like seven yard Julian Edelman slants and like like Ryan Izzo, like being. You know, it just. Yeah, like literally, no one thinks the Patriots' offense is good, including Tom Brady, who was publicly. It's just like actively complaining about. Yeah, it. yeah. He was publicly tilted about his own offense all week. Um, so yeah, I just, of course, what's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen is this, this is gonna be like the start of like the comeback narrative for the season. They're gonna like Python the Chiefs somehow. Like, ruin why did they? Them. Why did they get rid of Josh Gordon? I don't. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised Josh Gordon and Bill I'm not. Belichick I'm not surprised, but I'm I'm surprised that they got rid of him without like a report of like, oh, Josh Gordon showed up to, he showed up drunk to. He, he must have been super diminished as an athlete at this point because, like, he can't even beat out. He can't even, like, seize control of, like, the number three job in Seattle. So maybe he's just, like, a super – maybe he's just, like, a shell of his former self. I don't know. Because it doesn't make sense in the context, yeah, of Jacob. It doesn't – yeah, like, in the context of every time – every other time in his career when he's played, he's been good. I know. Maybe, maybe he's just finally taken too many hits, like uh, – I, I didn't mean that literally. He's just maybe it's just like his his stuff is. This is like the one he can't come back from. Finally, he's just like too far removed from his own greatness or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll get since we agreed on so many. I will. I'll give a a bonus pick. Arizona plus two and a half or plus three, depending on Ooh. your book at home. I know. I know. Duck Hodges. He really. He stood toe to toe with. Uh, who I what Andy Dalton last week, but uh, <laughs> no, wait, no, no, who'd they play? Uh, it was the I Browns. don't even know. It was the Browns. It was the Browns. Yeah, yeah. sure, whatever. So basically, uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, undrafted, undrafted free agent from uh, from Samford College. Uh, good on you, buddy. <laughs> giving giving points on the road to another like a semi competent Arizona team. I'll, I'll take Arizona. I'm worried about that one as a Kyler as Kyler's number one fan. I don't want him to get like driven into the ground again. Uh, that was He's been uh, the the Cardinals. They're having a rough run of it. They they for a little while they were for a little while they were looking like a team that was going to be a little frisky. They were actually for I think through ten weeks of the season they were the best team against the spread in the NFL. Like they covered against the Ravens yeah. and the Rams mm-hmm. and stuff. That Ravens and, spread was the worst one of the season, by the way. They were like thirteen point favorites. Yeah, I, that was I think that was my second biggest bet of the season. My my biggest bet of the season. I can't believe I almost lost it. It was the Driscoll Cowboys game, and, oh and I I just took I just took the money line. But I was like I could not believe that that game was competitive. Jeff Driscoll. So the Cowboys and Bears. I would never place any bets that involve the Cowboys or the Bears. They're like they screw Sharp. me more than anyone in like picks and pick them. And uh, there. All right, so that was uh, that was the pick show with uh, myself and Mr. Roto Patrick. If you uh, enjoy this conversation, of course. Leave a like, rating, and review. And if you want to hear more, we are going to head over to the TakeCast and do uh, do some more chatting over there. 
Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.